If you're like most business owners, you've got hundreds and maybe even thousands of contacts on LinkedIn, stacks of business cards in your drawer, and maybe lots of names in an Excel spreadsheet. But of all those contacts, how many of them are really strategic relationships? In today's episode, I talked to David Noir about the difference between a contact and a strategic relationship and how you can change the nature of the relationships you have with your best contacts. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox from Rampeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, you guys are in for a real treat. My guest is David Knorr. He is the founder and CEO of the Knorr Group, and he is a thinker and a keynote speaker. He's a business advisor and a best-selling author. He has written more than 10 books, and I am just so excited to have David here today. Welcome to the show. Lorraine, great to be with you. David, as I was looking at your website, I was struck by something that's right on the homepage, and it really hit home with me. It's this idea that you can have hundreds of business contacts, but you can probably count your strategic relationships on one hand, and I really want to talk about that idea today. That's okay. Of course. Happy to. Awesome. So let's start with this idea of how do you define the difference between a contact and a strategic relationship? That's a great question. It's often one that I'm asked. If you think about everybody we know, I would submit that there's three types. One is your personal relationships, friends, colleagues, next door neighbors, right? They're discretionary. We pick them. We're not sure how relevant they may be to our prof- you know, professional work, right? Mm-hmm. So my next door neighbor, Tim, great guy, you know, is not really, a, you know, runs a small landscaping business and not really a, a, a business contact. It's just a personal relationship. The next group we call functional relationships because, and you put up with them because you have to. Let's be honest, some of our colleagues, some of our customers, right? You may not, they may not be discretionary. You may not pick them. But they're very relevant because of the context of your work together. I'll work with you till about five o'clock, but after that, I'm going to kind of go home and be with my family and loved ones and so on and so forth, right? Most people I meet have plenty of the first two, a lot of contacts. They don't have enough of the last one, which, Lorraine, you brought up. I talk about a strategic relationships who elevate your perspective, who elevate your thinking, force you to continue to learn, grow. And, and really become a better manager, better leader, better entrepreneur, if not a better human being. These are coaches. These are mentors. These are past bosses. You don't have to impress them. They like you. They trust you. They respect you the way you are. But they, they force us to become a better version of ourselves. And most people I meet don't have enough of those strategic relationships. And it sounds like those are the people that as you said, they love you, they appreciate you for who you are, but they also will call you out when maybe you're not doing all that you should be doing. They will hold you accountable to the commitments that you make. That's exactly right. I've always believed we should light a fire in people, not under them. So one of the things that strategic relationships, interestingly enough, do 
is they light a fire within us to want to improve. You, you kind of want to do more, be more, accomplish more, uh, push yourself more around these people. And they, they're, believe it or not, our growth engine. They're how we learn, how we grow, how we improve, how we evolve, and more importantly, how we remain relevant. But you're exactly right. They hold us accountable. They call us out when we're not delivering our best, we're not on our best, and they don't let us remain stagnant. And they kind of see that in us. Awesome. Okay. So now I'm really committed. I'm interested in this idea. I look at my network and I'm I'm disappointed because I, I have a lot of people in category one and category two, but I don't have enough people in category three. How do I change that? How do I bring more strategic relationships in into my world? Great question. You have to first really internalize this idea that relationships are an investment. They're an investment of time, effort, and resources. And if you believe that, then I would submit to you that you cannot invest in everybody equally. Sociologists tell us that an average individual can proactively manage about 100 to 150 relationships. Lorraine, here's a million-dollar question for you and your listeners. Which ones? And if you can't invest in everybody equally, how will you then prioritize who you're going to invest in? So one of the things I coach people to do is we always want more, right? I want more contacts. I want more clients. I want more relationships. That's great. What are you doing to nurture the existing ones you have? So first and foremost, let's start with just the people you know. And again, in a longer session, I actually force people to print out their contacts. And I kid you not, a quick story, a quick story in one of my workshops, somebody said, I'm not sure this person is still alive because what we do is we we're very good at collecting a lot of business cards and contacts and LinkedIn connections, but we don't invest in them. So if you first begin with the list of, let's just say people, you know, people that are immediately relevant to your world, look at the ones that you really get a lot of energy from being around. Mm -hmm. Make a short list of people who you genuinely enjoy being around, you like, you respect, you trust. You've gone through some ups and downs together. I believe healthy, respectful conflict actually improves and nurtures that relationship. Look at the people you trust. So if somebody, if one of those people came and told you, Lorraine, here are the three things you do really well. Here are the three to five things you need to improve on. Would you respect that input? Absolutely. If it was someone in that category that you're describing where I really, I know them, I like them, I know they have my best interests at heart. However, if I get that kind of feedback from someone who's maybe in the periphery, I'm more than likely to be a little skeptical of their intentions. Bingo. Yeah. So, so it starts with, you asked me how to do this. It starts with you making a list. And I actually suggest an ABC list of, let's say, no more than 10. So A is who's most relevant to not where you've been, but where you're trying to go. B is the next group. C is the next group. And I would submit if you start by making that list, the next step is to go on a listening tour. Go talk to them. And this is a fantastic time of the year, right? Go say, here are the three to five things I'm trying to get done in this next year. What do you think? What do you believe I do exceptionally well? What do you believe will be some of my blind spots? 
and listen to what they say because those who have a vested interest in your success will be candid, will say, Lorraine, I think that's a great idea or Lorraine, that's the dumbest idea I've heard in years. (laughs) But you need that kind of candor, number one. Number two, look at the insights they share. Do they really tell you what you want to hear or do they tell you what you need to hear in terms of your growing edges? We all have those growing edges. You know, one of the things I really like about this process is you said, talk to 10 people, because not only will you learn a lot about yourself, but you also will begin to evaluate the different people to see, okay, yes, that person loves me, but they're not necessarily in that group of 10 who really are going to give me the kind of advice that I need. They're they're going to be too gentle. They're going to be, they're going to think too small. And so I think it really, having those multiple conversations gives you an opportunity. If you hear the same thing from several people to go, oh, (laughs) okay, that really is true. That's exactly right. And I'm a big believer that strategic relationships exchange value with every interaction. The other thing that you really want to listen for is is really the quality of their of their comments. Is it thoughtful? Is it does it push you? Does it force you to think? Lorraine, in my experience, you cannot train intelligence. And people who share intelligent, thoughtful ideas and perspectives help us learn, help us grow. By the same token, there's a there's a reciprocity component here that in that listening tour that I mentioned, one of the things that you should also bring up is, you know, John or Susan or Beth, what can I do to help you? In this next year, how can I be an asset to your efforts? And you likewise want to listen to what they say. And this is just one exercise in becoming more intentional in the relationships you choose to invest in. So if you want more strategic relationships, begin by paring it down, go on a listening tour, and create some really meaningful, substantive dialogue in that effort. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing over the next five weeks, and I I certainly hope that many of my listeners are going to take this to heart because I think this is a fabulous way to get started. Obviously, there is a lot more to this process, and so I am going to encourage anyone who's listening who's curious to drop by the NOR group, N-O-U-R group.com, to learn more about you and about some of the wonderful free tools that you have on your website. That's very kind. And yeah, I've, I've been around for, for a number of years and I obviously I'm passionate about this topic of, of strategic relationships. And I would encourage your listeners to, yes, I'm on various social networks and that website is a great place to pick up some really good nuggets. Absolutely. And when you're done listening to this episode, be sure to take a look at the Curve Benders podcast featuring David as well. David, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Lorraine, thank you for having me. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to learn more about other subjects related to small business owners, be sure to drop by our blog at roundpeg.biz and then listen to another episode. They're short. Share it with a friend and come back next week. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.